Something else, though, that um, I sent you the link on this article, but I was looking around. I don't even know how I came across this, but it was talking about the first ever recorded sighting. And this guy, Ken Arnold, Kenneth Arnold. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. Around Mount Rainier when he was in his plane. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, He and I'm not that was the first modern there's yeah, been, there's been sightings before, before that. that but he was yeah. a, he was a guy that was up in a plane going wait a second he they said he had over 4000 uh, flight hours he's looking for a marine corps commando transport that had crashed he was he was uh there there was a $5000 reward if you spotted it and he kept making flights to go look for it but he has this sighting and he and he knows how to figure things out you know from being a pilot and your 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 favorite stomping grounds for the unusual out there at Mount Rainier. He knows between these two peaks on his charts and maps how long how how much distance it is and how long it would take to get from point A to point B just based on that. And he had it figured out that the crafts that he saw a cha- like a snake almost they were snaking like almost like a um, he he described it as the tail of like a Chinese dragon. It was yeah. like 20 crafts and they were flying in this pattern almost together real tightly together and he said to get from A to B in the time that he observed they would have been doing 1200 miles an hour yeah remember that yep and so then as soon as he said that nobody would believe him because yeah. they could buy that he saw something he didn't know what it was until he mentioned those speeds and he was like that's what I'm trying to say is and he it's actually from his uh, thing that one of the magazines coined the term flying saucers. Yeah. Because I think he actually said something like it was like they he almost seemed them, like saucers skipping across. Yeah. The, he called them gleaming objects that were strung together. And he yeah. thought it was like a, a up to five mile long uh, sort of caravan of these things. But he, he, he actually described them as being more of like a like a U-shape. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He had a drawing. Thing. It looked like yeah. a giant scimitar. It was wild. Yeah, it really looks and like a. He said yeah. together they looked like this, um, and then they could break apart or whatever. But the, the craft, it was wild. It looked like a kind of like a stealth bomber or something. Yeah, it does. It's like a yeah, like a flying wing or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like but a wing. the the media just sort of picked up on the saucer shape because they, but he he basically said that some of the flight characteristics reminded him of saucers being skipped across the water yeah and um, so they took it as it was a flying saucer and like a round saucer and went with that you know and it but yeah he never really got them to understand that that it wasn't that shape you know he said that while he was piloting um he hurried up and tried to measure between the peaks of mount rainier and mount adams as his reference points and he calculated how long it took the formation to move between them. He said somewhere between 1,200 and 1,700 miles per hour. And then they said uh, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier at 700 miles an hour. So this would be, you know, twice that. A little yep. more than twice that. And so that, when I hear stuff like that, and we talked, you were telling me too, like um, one, of the, one of the things that someone r- was reporting was an object that was doing like 26,000 miles an hour. And uh, 
people are like, oh, that's impossible. But, you know, that goes back to the theory that it could be these probes that are sent to just check things out and map and, yeah. then, and then sort of send the information back. And I had said when I was when I was um, finishing up talking with Lack, I said, you know, I think that we really haven't seen what's truly out there. These are just small sort of transports, sort of um, scientific. Um, it's not so much an outreach for communicating with us as it is just to find out if, if it's things are habitable for them and things like that. It doesn't necessarily mean anything negative or threatening. It's just like like um, like science, you know. And then you see this stuff where this guy sees this, and it's it all it all just kind of runs together with with uh, speed and time and shapes and spheres and and cubes and spheres, and uh, it's in the air and it's all over the world. I found one that was a mountain in England. And uh, there was there was some sightings there in the 40s and different things like that stuff I'll probably talk about at some point. And it all just kind of comes together to say, well, we're being checked out, but I don't think we've really seen the mothership yet. And I had this really oh, freaky yeah. uh, sort of daydream one time. I was I was um, high school age. I don't know between 15 and 18, somewhere in there. I can't really remember how old I was. I was I was um, half asleep on my bed, and uh, um, I, I, it was so real that it wasn't a dream. And I was uh, my light was on in my room. I had some music playing, completely sober, no under under the influence of nothing other than just you know being sleepy. And I was looking up, and my house disappeared, but I could still see the walls. It would be. Uh, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like when you see maybe if somebody had x-ray vision, but it was like just a certain range of their vision. So I'm looking up into the sky. I can see the sky. I don't see any other part of my house, but in my peripheral vision, I can still see the walls around me. And it was like a craft. You know, if you want to say like Star Wars, the Star Destroyer at the beginning of Star Wars, right after the crawl, and it comes across the screen. I guess you know you could see this dark surface of a, of what looked to be technological metal, like a like a ship, and it's so big that there's no sky. You can't see stars or anything, and it's like a nighttime sky, even though it was like daytime when I thought I was napping or whatever. So, yes, obviously that could have been a dream, but at the same time I felt like it was so real, um, because I was more or less. I wasn't asleep. I felt like I was in a trance or something. It was wild. And so I had the little thing with my cousins when I was a kid and then this. And there was one other thing that happened later. But but this thing seems it seemed so real to me. And it was just a slow moving craft. And I kind of like blinked the sleep out of my eyes. And then then I could see the ceiling again. It was wild. It's like I couldn't like at that time of my life, that wasn't something that I could just make up. And that, that makes me say, um, you know, and that's the reason why I've always been enamored with UFOs and want to talk UFOs and things like that. My take on them is just from a pers couple personal experiences where I saw something that I don't know what it was. <clears throat> yeah. And then I tell people and they say, you're nuts. <laughs> so I got to find guys like you who say, you're not nuts. You probably did see something. It's just we need to figure out what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a number of stories like that where I grew up, like, because yeah. we're, you know, in a farming community where there was like pretty much nothing around, yeah. 
like it's like you can I know I know one I know like one guy like one of my friends was so essentially he was supposed to come over after he got out of work and he got out of work like 10 or 10 30 at night you know what I mean so it was already dark and already nighttime when he got out of work and I waited for him at my house and he never showed up and it's not like we had cell phones or anything back then you know what I mean so we I just I just figured he must have been too tired he went home and just went to bed or something so like by like midnight I just crash and go to sleep myself and around three in the morning you know I, I I'm hearing this tick 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 I wake up and there's like noise at the window and I, I go to my window and I'm like what's up and he goes did you fall asleep and I'm like yeah I go and he's like what the hell man when I'm ready to go out and I'm like well you were supposed to be here hours ago and I go downstairs and I I open the door and let him in and, and he's like what do you mean hours ago what are you talking about and I was like and he looks at the clock in the kitchen he's like wait a minute why is it 3 a.m yeah and I'm like because you took forever to get over he goes no I just left work you know and he was dead serious yeah. dead straight on his face yeah. no he didn't look tired like nothing you know what i mean I he, areas, he still has his work clothes he looked like he literally I, just got out I of think work there's areas of, in the world that are like i call them time slips where that type of phenomenon happens i had one and i could take you there right now and it happened to me more than once i was coming home from work i look in the rear view because i have to get over and i have to take a right hand turn and it's a small, short, straight highway, cornfields all all over the place. Yeah, cornfields were everywhere where we were and too. Just south of a of of a bigger town, and I have to turn on this uh, road that becomes the highway that takes me into the town I live in. And this happened two different occasions. I I look in the side view. I look in the rear view. I see a white. Let's just say, for instance, white truck. Okay, I see the white truck. I'm going to get over in front of the white truck. He's ten car lengths behind me. So as my attention is on the mirror, after I've already looked forward, there's nothing in front of me. I take my attention away from the mirror. And as I take my attention away from the mirror to make the turn, that truck's in front of me. Two different times. I feel like that's a time slip. Like somehow that spot on the earth, magnetic, whatever's going on. You know what I mean? Like I I was there. I took the time to look. Psst, time slip. And that sounds like what happened with your buddy. Like. For yeah. whatever reason, wherever well, he, he was at, he's talking to you. You're on you're on your time. He was on his time, and then there was a slip. What yeah. was funny is that like he said that one thing he remembered though was he was like he go, I go did anything because I asked him I said anything weird happen on on your way from work to my place, and he was like at the at the far end of the road like our road ended my road yeah. ended and there was a T where you turn left or yeah. right. And he was coming from the right, and that whole thing was a cornfield. And he said, at the end of the road, right when you turn off that other road, right by the cornfield, he goes, my car sputtered, and I actually pulled over because it it sputtered like it ran out of gas. It like basically turned off. But as soon as I got to the side of the road, and I tried to get it started back up, and we and we got and I kept driving. So. I was like, no, I think that you got, I think right there is where yeah. they shut your car off. It was like a time you. slip. It was like he slipped. They took him. I think aliens took him. I think he got probed. They, 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 <laughs> they shut his car off, took him, then put him back in his car, raced his memory. Were, and he, to him, it was like, 
you know. You were definitely probed. That's what you should tell him. Yeah, yeah. I think he was. You were definitely probed. <laughs> but then I got another story where um, this happened to two or three of my friends in the area, and um, and I and I I almost suspect it might have happened to me too. But like a lot of people in the area had this thing where they were like, I was going to bed, like. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and the phone rings and you pick up the phone and you heard like a clicking sound Mm -hmm. or some kind of like you know and then you were like what the hell and you just hung up the phone thinking it was a bad connection and your alarm goes off for work in the morning yeah so it it was it was 10 o'clock at night you're going to bed right before you lay down in bed your phone rings you pick it up and then you're like this is screwed up it's a messed up call and you hang it up and then you're it's it's seven o'clock in the morning and you got to go to work and you're like dead tired you did not lay down and go to sleep you know what i mean and and you're like what the heck happened you know like it's almost like the phone call put you in a trance and now yeah. They, yeah. someone took you for You're the night and they put you it. back yeah. right before you would get up for work and and you didn't because you felt like you didn't sleep you totally felt you know you were like this how could it why, be seven o'clock already some you know? people prone to hypnosis yeah you know it's like i can't i can't tell you that that's not true i don't yeah. know because i've had those moments like i just said I look in the rear view to clear traffic and when I and when my you know you're you're sort of blind on the sides and when you bring your focus back forward that vehicle's there and you're like wait a second you look in the rear view and it's not there there's a different or have you ever had that yeah. situation where you're like this happened too when you're driving down a country road okay there's nothing around you there's nothing around nowhere for cars to turn nowhere for things to go and there's a car, you know, maybe five or six car lengths ahead of you. And, you know, there's small rolls. Have you ever seen those rolls in the hill? Yeah. Rolls in the road? Yeah. Where, like, the car ahead of you, when he when he goes over that little hill, he disappears from yeah. sight. Yeah. And then when you go up, you see him again, and he's going yeah. up the next yeah. one. Like, we were doing that. Like, there's a number of spots where this had happened. To not only me, but a number of friends and people I knew where they were like, you're watching that blue car ahead of you and you're driving along and he goes down one, you go up and you see him again, then he goes up, then he goes down one, you go, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah. And you're like, where did he go? Yeah. It's a straight road. There's no turnoffs. Like I've had somewhere at that behind, you know? Where I thought maybe they just turned off. And you just have no idea because you're like, I don't remember seeing a place to turn off. Yeah, it's just I I think there's, it's like a magnetic field or thing where there's just little slips in time, and they're they're hours ahead, and it could be like you said, maybe that's nobody's around. It's a ter- perfect time to grab somebody for a quick uh, uh, experiment or whatever. I don't know. I, and the thing is, like, would it be that? there are different species from different worlds doing different research or would it be um if i go back to where you had said this ancient group left hey we think this this great cataclysm is going to happen let's get out of here they come back later on and they think oh man it wasn't so bad after all and they survived maybe we should maybe we should just stay away you know we don't cause any panic and hurt anybody let's just stay away 
and maybe it's them trying to see if they can extract some of that sort of ancient information or if it's a completely different um, species i mean i don't know i don't know how yeah. to term the question but um if we're if we're okay with the idea that there's other versions of us out there then i think there could be other versions of humanoid or something yeah. out there i don't know that it's a um ship faring space faring group of squid but you know may, i mean i don't know because the the you you hit on it earlier too where you said like the things about the human body with the sun and pressure and all this different stuff like maybe there is a, a living thing that can survive in the vacuum of space well, tardigrade can. Yeah, I don't know. You know. You know, like I, well, I, I, I just think that, like, I think it's possible to evolve to, like, have adapted and evolved from any, like, subset of species. Like, we, we happen to be mammalian, but you could just as well be a fish or a reptile. Yeah. But I, but I do think, like, we see in Star Wars and Star Trek and stuff everything will eventually come to a point where they they have to have digits like hands you, yeah yeah the number can be different you could have six you could have three you could have four you could have 18 fingers i don't know you know what i mean and, yeah. but i think that they're gonna have like arms and legs again the number could be different you might have four arms you know you might yeah. have yeah three legs you know i don't know but i mean how were but the, i, I how think were they've the got, got to have India some form multi-limbed yeah they've got to have some form of of hands and legs and a head and a body you know to in order to become technologically advanced because i don't think you could actually be like physically be a a fish with flippers and suddenly you're flying right. spaceships right. around right. like how are you going to be hitting the controls right. how are you going to be you know what i mean like right. how did you put that thing together you know with nuts and bolts and you know what i mean it's like you can't do that with fish flippers yeah. you know you've got to have the mon calamari the thumb and the, you know what i mean like so <laughs> but i could see them looking like a mon calamari like in in star wars or they more, look like a more... the, like squid head you know yeah. what i mean with so you know they evolved from a fish or a squid or something sure. like that but they evolved to a point where they had arms and legs yeah. and whatever you know so i i could see i could see different like alien looking species like you see in star trek or star wars or babylon 5 or any of those sci-fi shows well, but i i think there's i mean if there's if there's one alien species that's visiting the planet Earth. It's probably it. There's probably going to be like hundreds. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Because, like, I have to think they look like us. The probability of one, you know, coming to visit. Yeah, it wouldn't be with just one. That is like it just kind of like suddenly it opens the door to be like, well, that's. The, it's equally probable that there's a hundred different species out there, yeah. you know, because yeah. I I truly believe that like there is some kind of I I don't know if you want to say like galactic governing body or or what because I don't I don't I I really don't I think that you would eventually evolve beyond like sociologically like societies 
would would evolve beyond like a government as we know it. So I think that what they would have is that it just be sort of like a a correlation coalition of planets, like a federation of planets yeah. that all just agree to to live together in this galaxy and work together and you got to be past a certain point before you can get introduced to this group of of different and they very well could be like like if there is a starship that comes to earth maybe there is like 10 different races sitting on it you know like you've heard some abduction stories where they're like well i saw the gray aliens and i saw these little munchkin guys that look like trolls almost you know that were like like two feet tall yeah the gray aliens that were like three or four feet tall and really thin with the big heads and the black eyes and it's like and then i saw these tall guys that looked like elves that were like they almost they, they call them the nordics they looked really tall with like white straight blonde like white hair and yeah. different ears and they they were really thin and tall and majestic looking some of them might have been seven eight feet tall and then they go and then there were there's some that just looked like humans like you and i you know what i mean and then someone goes and then there were these reptoid ones that look reptilian and somewhat some people who've been abducted have seen all of them on the same ship you know what i mean yeah. so that's kind of where i'm getting at like well, well it, it, that um, must have been a ship that like was like a federation ship not so maybe maybe you know we where, are, where everybody worked on it you maybe know we, maybe we are on the verge of finally seeing that though because i was yeah I was looking back at some stuff we talked about and the one guy named David Grush. He was the UFO whistleblower. He was a contractor. Um, he was a former intelligence officer and he goes and files a whistleblower report that, hey, the government's withholding information and some of the things that he talked about were non-human spacecraft with dead pilots because they had crashed and there was some... Um, uh, other intelligence there that we weren't weren't wasn't being shared with us but like uh they talked about these governing bodies here on on our planet um some things going on in uh the vatican but it talked about the five eyes and the five eyes is a body of countries which is australia canada new zealand the united kingdom and the united states and they made a multilateral agreement or a treaty for cooperation on signals intelligence of uh, unknown human origin. So they've had this thing in action since the 40s. Yeah. Called the Five Eyes. I had no idea about this. And I'm like, wow. And that kind of would make sense to me that if you are contacted and somebody tells you whatever they tell you and you're an ally with these other countries and they also have these things happen on their continents it would make sense to me to say okay well we need to have some representatives together in a group to be able to communicate back and say all right hey we're co-op we're cooperating you're you know i mean what do you do when you're faced with something that's way more advanced than you that doesn't necessarily want um anything from you other than to just know about your existence and, and things that make you tick or like you said you know maybe it was already us and there's different forms, different versions, yeah. different species, you know. Um, so the five eyes to me is kind of like, as we're learning about this stuff, and a lot of this is stuff you can't just make up. This guy's like saying, um, he, he has sort of 
proof that they're withholding information is really what it comes down to. And then they came down to, I played the video of the guy that was the former pilot. He was a, a Navy um, fighter pilot. And he was saying, you know, 60 miles off the coast of Virginia Beach or Virginia, excuse me, we would do our daily flights, routine flights, and we had to put in our daily safety briefing to watch out for UAPs. His commander yeah. sat right next to him and had to say that he had nothing to 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 um, comment on that. That he had no information because, like, where he was at with whatever he knew with his um, his uh, amount of uh, what do you call it, sort of clearance, he wasn't even allowed to tell the Congress what he knew. So he had to sit there and basically play dumb and plead the fifth. I don't know what this guy's talking about. Meanwhile, the pilots right next to him say, yeah, he was my commander. And, and he told me in these meetings every day that we yeah. had to watch out for this. And then to back that was backing up this guy, other guy's claims that, hey, there's stuff going on in the air uh, spacecraft as far back as 1933 in uh, Italy and 1944 and 45. And there's all this stuff that the NASA knows about. And we're using we're using stuff that we uh, learned and uh he's you know he's trying to blow the whistle and they're kind of making him look silly but then the government i think to try and sort of stop the aha moment says okay we've got some footage we'll show you and it's from a pilot and then the footage they show us is looks like a third grader with his first phone (laughs) and it's it's crap and you're like oh okay cool um but uh I just found that interesting because when you said that, that made me think of that information. It was like, oh, the five eyes. That could be a govern a body that would deal with something like that to say, you know, we're we're in, we're cooperating, and and you know, does that lead to a, a story that opens up with threats and things like that, or is the threat simply nature? You know, your 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 um, population sort of outgrows its it's uh, community and then you're using everything up and you say okay we need to find alternate sources where do we go yeah and then you start to travel and maybe that's something where the, they're telling um, the five eyes guys you're still on half a tank don't worry you got time you know yeah he, he said that there was a that the federal government maintains a secretive UFO or UAP recovery program and is in possession of non-human spacecraft along with their quote-unquote dead pilots which I thought yeah. was I thought was interesting well it's to me what's fascinating about it is Bob Lazar said a lot of that same stuff back yeah. like in 1984 or whatever it was when he first came out and what's What's really interesting to me is that most people, you know, they looked at Bob Lazar and they they basically said this guy's a kook and there's no but like we didn't even know the word Area 51 until Bob Lazar brought it up. Right. And then years later we found out Area 51 actually exists. We didn't know about the site called S4, which was just south of, of Area 51. The southern part of Area 51 is called S4. And in there is a is a 
a rock wall on the side of the mountain that is a fake facade and it basically can open up and there's hangars in there where they had the UFOs okay and so through the years we learned that area 51 existed then through the years we learned that s4 exists just like it's the it's the southern tip of area 51 and then later on the government actually acknowledges that the area 51 exists and acknowledges that s4 and all that exists and it's like uh he talked about element 115 on the period periodic chart of elements well, an element number 115 doesn't didn't exist back in the 80s. There was it went up to like 101. You know what I mean? There was yeah. no 115. Like that's way out there. Like you know, that's that that doesn't that can't possibly now we can actually make it. We've yeah. actually produced small parts of of 115. It's it's unstable right now and it just it just it it, it quickly like falls apart and jumps down to like 112 and things fall off you know what i mean like yeah. but we can produce it so 115 exists and we've put it on our periodic table now as a real element wow so so basically and and bob lazar talked about how they had hand scanners in in area 51 that you could put your hand on and it would scan your fingerprints in your hand and basically that's how you got into certain areas you know and those hand scanners didn't exist in the 80s. People were like, what are you talking about? Now we have hand scanners all over, thumbprint scanners, finger scanners, whatever. And people who've brought older technology out of like Area 51 and other secret government bases, you can actually look up and find photographs now of the hand scanners that these military institutions used in the 80s. And they're exactly like what Bob Lazar described. So basically... Now, in 2023, we can look back and go, every single thing that Bob Lazar said in 1984 actually was true, and we learned through the years that he was telling the truth on. It came yeah. to pass. Like, yeah. everything is true. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that we do not have a confirmed thing of is that they were reverse engineering crashed crashed ships from the outer space yeah you know what i mean but my my thing is is that if you've got a list of a hundred things and someone says it to you in 1984 you know regardless of who it is that bob lazar whatever say he gives you a list of a hundred things and then in 2023 you go down that list and you go you know what we've proven 99 out of 100 of those things to be true it took us you know 40 years to prove that 99 out of 100 are true so wouldn't you take that 100th item and go that's probably true also yeah you get what i'm saying the, um like like why if he didn't lie about the 99 other things why would he lie about number 100 it, that and also that, just just to know? back up what you said uh element 115 is moscovium it's a synthetic element with the symbol mc and uh, atomic number 115. It was first synthesized in 2003 by a joint team of Russian and American scientists in Dubna, Russia. December of 2015, it was recognized as one of four new elements. And um, it said it's extremely radioactive and it's, uh, where is it at? It has a half-life of only 0.65 seconds. 
Yeah, it so, disintegrates basically. So it could be a fuel. Yeah. You know. That's what that's what he said ran the ships. Yeah. It was the fuel for the yeah. ships. Yeah. And it goes on in great detail here. I found a, a Wikipedia on it, but there's also a scientific uh, website from the governing body that would add things to the element. Um uh Recognized as one of four new elements by the Joint Working Party of International Scientific Bodies, IUPAC and IUPAP. So that's all legit. That's all yeah. legit. I just wanted to make sure that I had something on there to back up what you were saying, because yeah, exactly. It's, um, it also backs up what he was saying. It's like, man, this dude was privy to a lot of information. It's like, not only do I want to deep dive on Nikola Tesla, but I want to deep dive on Bob Lazar too, because there's a whole documentary about all of my now. all of dude growing up everybody wrote him off as a nut job whack job yeah. somebody that just wanted to make a space movie you know the only thing that i've ever thought was far-fetched was the way that these stories were retold with the hollywood spin when somebody oh, yeah. says i was abducted and you see a bright light in the woods and a dog barks and his shotgun falls out of his hand and he's in a <laughs> bean jacket with the big puffy white collar and he gets sucked up into the air I don't think that was how it was happening. I think it's more along the lines of like what you said. And like I was saying earlier, sound frequencies, light frequencies, prisms, lasers, uh, crystals. You do the combination right. And you and you know how to open a door to pull somebody through, do what you got to do and put them right back. And you could have had them for a year of your oh, time. I, yeah, that's the thing. You don't but know. It was, a 30 se- it was 30 seconds of your night and you lost eight hours or six hours of sleep. Yeah, but maybe your body was somehow rested, but your mind was going, "What in the f just happened here?" Because your mind is always like a, a recorder that has um, what's the term? Like it doesn't always um, retain. It's yeah. constantly recording what's happening as it's coming in because it has to process this for your for your extremities to work and things, and then some of that knowledge is just kicking right back out the trash chute, you know. And uh, they might be able to tap into that again with some type of frequency. I mean, there's there's there is um, research with sound that um, you can you know you can be hit with sound waves and it can give you headaches. It can oh make yeah, you, it can make you make you go to the bathroom. Yeah, make you uncontrollably lose control of your bowels. It can make you happy, sad. Um, there was uh, the embassy guys over in Soviet Union were saying, man, yeah. there was some some kind of wave was hitting the building. And I was getting migraines. Yeah. And constantly agitated. And it's a frequency. Until next time, man. I'll see you later. Yeah, I I I'd love to keep talking about yeah. this. I got me so too. much. Okay. You know, so so okay, whatever. Man. Yeah, just let me know. Yep. I'll talk to you. Thanks see a lot. See you, Brett. Thank yep, you. Bye. So there you have it. The periodic table. Moscovium. You know, a lot of this stuff we talk about can sound like a joke or sound like something out of a movie but it's just like what we're doing we're doing a little bit of research a little bit of homework we're finding where somebody else brought it up and now it's been scientifically proven that it's something that's real and then for me my approach i come with um personal experiences that i might have been afraid to tell everyone uh, maybe told just some someone and had no way to really bounce that conversation off anybody with any knowledge of these things um, but I'm going to try and do this on Wednesdays between um, f- uh, 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. And I want you to get on the Discord and I want you to come on in and be able to talk to us. I'll always put it out on my socials when I'm going to do it. 
but I want you guys there with me. So this week I'm really pushing hard to get everybody on the discord. And then there's a tab that says YouTube. And then we can just get on there and all talk together like a phone call. You don't have to be on video. You'll just hear my voice. I'll hear your voice and you can tell your story or you can ask questions and I'll, all right, I'll try to get John on there. I can have black come back. Um, it'll be fun. And I'd really love to have you guys do it. Follow along, get your silver boots out. Come with us on the ride on the UFO talk here this season. This is episode four. We've got at least five more to go and then a finale or four more to go in a finale somewhere around episode eight or episode 10. I'm not sure how many it's going to end up, but the conversations are getting good and it's kind of become one big talk. And we, we just spit out this big fur ball tonight of info and some of it was pieces of previous episodes. So it's all starting to tie together and it's really cool. We believe that something else is out there. We believe that something has been here. We believe that something is here and we believe that something will be here. But we also believe that we have a hand in it too. So no matter where you fall in that line, take a listen. It's super interesting. It's super fun to talk about, theorize about, and then also see these things that are factual to back some of it up. So come along with the ride as we fight the fear together and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Fight the Fear Podcast, brought to you in collaboration with Hick Chick Design Company. At Hick Chick Design, we strive to give our customers all of the options to let their creativity run wild. Start shopping our site today, hickchickdesignco.com. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash fightthefearpodcast for more information. Thank you.